Welcome back, Spurs fans, to another episode of Casa de Spurs. I am Steven, joined by my uh, co-host here, Mr. Danny Sanders, Danny Sandoval. What's up, man? How's it going? Life is good. I cannot complain. Good to be back on the pod, and I'm ready to talk some Spurs. Yeah, let's talk about these Spurs. Man, I feel just like a lost San Antonio Spurs fan right here. These are some... Yeah. Um, some trying times, you know, it, I, and their juju starting to rub off on us here at Casa de Spurs. <laughs> we tried to record last week and we, we had a mix up in our schedules and then we had some internet technical issues. Um, I think we started like the podcast like twice last week and then, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so we're here trying to knock this out. But um, anyways, yeah, the Spurs have had some bad juju. As a matter of fact, when we were recording last week, one of the questions I had was... Um, <laughs> man I have a dog that's going crazy in the background here one of the questions I had was about Derek White and uh, I was like ready to hype him up and you were like bro watch watch the game (laughs) and I watched the game and then of course Derek White went down but dude how painful is this Derek White (sighs) business it's not good man and it really isn't and it's funny because yeah we were doing the podcast and you were asking me questions about Derek, and I kind of started throwing you some faces, and you're like, what in the world? Because uh, I think you, you hadn't seen the game yet. And the thing about it is, I mean, that was a great game. We're down to the wire, overtime. Yeah. DeMar barely missed uh, that game winner. But, yeah, whenever Derek went out, I think he kind of knew, like, win or lose, we kind of just lost uh, uh, him for the entire season. And I think we found out the day after, two days afterwards, that we did. And it's a shame because he was really starting to come around. He's getting his rhythm uh, 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 under him. He finally started to look healthy again. And I'll tell you something about Derek. Yeah. Uh, great guy. I think what this is his fifth year. Uh, he was drafted the year after DeJounte. So the, I'm sorry, this is his fourth year. So um, he's never really been able to stay healthy. He's, he he, he kind of has that, that, that injury bug that kind of follows him. But because of his playing style, he kind of gets in there. He takes charges. He gets aggressive. He, he's not afraid to 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 get up and to get up into people. It's not surprising. But at the same end, it's like, hey, I mean, um, I want to see Derek healthy. Um, but we, unfortunately, we won't we won't see that this year. Uh, we'll have to wait till next year. Maybe Team USA. Maybe he'll be ready by that time. I don't know by by uh, by uh, the summer. But uh, it's unfortunate because he's really starting to round into form. And I think overall, he's probably our best player. Uh, overall, defensively, uh, floor general-wise, probably our best shooter, I think, uh, maybe behind Patty whenever he's not deciding yeah. to, to to go to go frozen on us the last 15, 20 games. But, uh, yeah, he uh, – significant loss all the way around, and I really feel bad for him. Yeah, um, and what did – I think just an amazing year this guy was having – he really mm-hmm. is the uh, one guy on the team that can just do so much of everything. Um, I heard somebody say he might be their best player. That somebody was me. Um, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if we're ready to just say that he's um, our best player. But man, he is. He's so talented all around. But he is also like the heart and soul. You know, I've, I've called him Manu 2.0 so many times. But he he really is in so many ways because he has like these freak injuries like Manu does. Yeah. But he's also putting his body out on the line. Um, and I just really hate to to see this happen to him because I also think there's a there's a narrative that's starting to creep in about him that he's that he's injury prone. 
And look, that's not any fault of his own, but man, that is something where you're just like, dude, I hope this is not his label. He's too good. He's too talented. Yeah. I hope that that's not his, his label where he's considered injury prone. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to really worry about that if next time he's on the floor, he busts a nut and he's out for a month or two. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll, then maybe we can worry about that one. That'll be the, the tall tale. Or, or I guess that'll be the, the end-all end be-all right there if it comes down to that. Um, meanwhile, the Spurs basketball continued on. And, um, man, they lost. They, they've been in overtime a lot lately. I feel like, I mean, they had a Wizards game, which I think that was the game where White went down. And then they had uh, they had an overtime game against the Celtics, and we could talk about that. That was kind of that was kind of the end of the end of the season. Um, oh, but then they had the 76ers, which again I felt like the 76ers didn't really play until like the last two minutes of the game, and then it went to overtime. Um, yeah. But it, man, that Celtics game was like that was it. It all ended right there. It's funny because um, I think I had mentioned on Sunday, I kind of went off the grid over the weekend, much needed uh, break, kind of disconnected. But I did watch my game, did watch the Spurs uh, where I was. They did have direct TV. So I watched the game, watched the entire game. And the first half was incredible. It, it was like everything that Spurs Twitter was yeah. wanting to see out of this team, out of the young that guys. DeJounte had it. I mean, he was cooking – Everyone was cooking. Everyone couldn't miss. Everyone was aggressive. That was the, the Spurs team we there. wanted to see. Exactly. It's the Spurs team that we've been just dying to just see put it together. And for the first 24 minutes, they did. They put it together, and they were spanking. I, I think a disappointing Celtics team, but I think yeah. it was still a very dangerous Celtics team. I mean, I think they're what? They, I think they have a, a very similar record to ours. They're certainly in the playoffs in the East. Yeah. But they have – uh, those those fire that, that firepower of Tatum and Brown. Sure. I know Kembe or uh, um, uh, Walker wasn't playing that night, but they still had two two of their best players. Yeah, and to see them go up thirty two points by by halftime, I was thinking, okay, so we're gonna win this game. We can win yep. that game. Come back on Sunday, beat the Sixers. Hey, we might climb up to the sixth seed. Maybe kind of do some damage. Yeah, and then third quarter happens. They start to lose a lead a little bit, and I was like, but I'm still like, you know what? It's going to be fine. No way the Celtics are going to come back from 32. And I think the end of the third quarter, we're still up by 15, I think, 13 or 15. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter, there's a total collapse. Just and fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, well, it was bad. I, I also think, like, it's, it's actually been really hard this year to be upset with any of the players. Like, I, I mean that, like, in total fairness. Like, there's a you can get upset with, like, a few veterans for some of the decisions that they've made. Obviously there's, there's young guys who are making young mistakes. So if you're one of those people, like you could, you can be a, a jerk and blame a lot of stuff on the players, but yeah, bro, I don't know that. I think this has been Popovich's worst coaching job I've ever seen him do. And that's a bold statement, but like when you blow a lead, like 32 points, Mm-hmm. To a Celtics team that they have talent on their roster, but come on, these are not title contenders. Like, they're 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 a very like middle of the pack team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, thirty two points, and that's not just thirty two points. That's thirty two points in the second half. Like, yeah. that's a coach thing. That is that is a coaching thing. We've we've seen the Miami Heat give the San Antonio Spurs 
crazy problems out of a zone. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a coaching thing. Um, and then, you know, you see the, the game. I, I, I guess I just feel like the season kind of culminated after that Boston Celtics loss. And you could kind of see it on like the face of the players. Like they were just like, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. it's come down to this. And then the following, what was it, like two nights later, they played against the 76ers. Uh-huh. And, of course, they sat everybody. Like, that was a throwaway game. and I, I It really I was, yeah. But, but that's, that's what happens in the NBA. You rest all your guys and another team's at full strength. And they're just not prepared for, to play against the bench team. And so it's all, it always ends up being a closer game than it should be. But, really, it was like the Spurs kind of got, like, a little glimmer of hope. And then Joel Embiid, like, the guy was just goofing off for the whole game. He was shooting – step back fadeaways but as soon as the spurs like let themselves try again they just they just lost all steam man but man i just feel like i feel like it's it's time for greg man it's time he has run his race he's been a good soldier he's been lovable we've you know he's he can go down as the greatest coach in history and it's still not like his time is still past like it's it's end it's at the end I think here's here's the thing. I think those two games perfectly encapsulates the season, right? The Celtics and Sixer game. And I know, yeah, the the Sixer game, we sat DeMar, we sat DeJounte, we sat Jakob. So, yeah, it's not a true representation of the full entirety of the team. But I think those two games sum up the way the season has gone perfectly because Mm -hmm. we see a beautiful first half out of that Celtics, Celtics game, the just unmitigated disaster. And you know what? I was actually glad I was in an area where I couldn't listen to the radio. I didn't, I didn't turn the TV on again after that, that game, yeah. because I don't, I, I didn't even want to hear just sports talk and anything right. else talking about the collapse of the Spurs yeah. and what we did, because I mean, that's, that's historic to, right. to give up that big of a lead. I think, I mean, the last that's... time a lead was that, that big was given up was maybe five or, or no. Sorry, I think I want to say like 12 or 13 years ago is the Kings and Bulls, I'm not mistaken. Gross. But, I mean, that's that's a historic collapse. Mm-hmm. And I see them come out on Sunday already kind of waving the white flag. And yeah. I almost felt this way. I almost felt this way. I would not have been surprised had they came out with paper bags over their head to yeah. start the game because they're still embarrassed. You can still yeah. kind of see it on their face. Lonnie Walker, he kind of took a little bit to kind of get started a little bit. Um, Patty was playing in there. Kelton, I mean, Kelton's always Kelton, but there was a little bit of like, hey, I mean, I can't believe we did this, did, did this 24 hours ago. Now we're back at it. Can't believe yeah. we gave up that lead. And you and I have played competitive sports, maybe not on an elite level, but I mean, whenever you play the game, right? You, whenever you play the game, you, you rack up a 32 point lead. It does something to your ego, to your pride, to lose that lead, yeah. lose the game. Um, I mean, I, I mean, these, professional these are or not. Yeah. They're professional, <laughs> yeah. but still. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, it, it, go ahead. It, it was a painful thing. And I, I just think you could see it in their body language and you know, there's been so much talk this year too, about like, you know, who's getting the minutes, right? Like you, you have one camp who is either just let the young guys play. And if they get, yeah. if they lose, if they lose 70 games or 72 games, fine as long as the young guys play and then there's other people that are like well the spurs are kind of like i i I think i'm in this camp i'm in this camp that says at their peak at their peak the best the spurs could have been this year they probably could have peaked at a six seed they're still probably like 
they could have added like one or two pieces and maybe they could have jumped up to like, I don't know, the fourth seed if everything went right. But the reality is, is at the end of the day, they're a 10th seed. Like that's what this team is. And Mm -hmm. we can split up minutes of, you know, who's getting, it's not just, it's not just like, (laughs) I'm looking right now, you have Lonnie Walker, who's getting 25 point. Let me, let me see. Let me make sure I have this right. He's getting, uh, Patty Mills leads the, he's number seven on the team at 25.3 minutes a game. Lonnie Walker mm-hmm. is at mm-hmm. 25.2 minutes a game. They're literally separated by one, by 0.1. Rudy Gay is at 21.9. So he's about four <laughs> minutes less. And then the next guy is Devin Vassell at 16.1. So it's like a five minute difference there. So it's yeah. not like, it's not like Rudy Gay and like Patty Mills is basically playing half the game. Rudy Gay mm-hmm. is not quite playing half the game, but it's what minutes they're playing. That, that's, yeah. that's the part that we have to focus on. We are seeing, it's almost like these guys like Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, you know, take your pick guy, Luka Shamanich. I'll throw him out there because he started a few games. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that you want your future on. And Popovich is like, okay, I want to I get my growth in there. But then at the end of these close games, He's playing Rudy Gay and Patty Mills down the stretch of these games, which they're, which they're losing. And so yeah. they're a 10th seed. Now, mm-hmm. after playing those guys, Luca, Devin, probably Lonnie, some, these guys have not gotten the valuable, I put valuable in, in air quotes, the valuable minutes that they need. They need those closing games minutes. They need to make those mistakes in the closing minutes of games against you know, the, the Washington Wizards, the Utah Jazz, whoever these teams are, that's the experience that they're getting. So I don't look at the – I don't care that Rudy Gay plays 22 minutes a game or I don't care that Patty Mills plays 25 minutes a game. But I do care very much so about who's playing the last six minutes of the game. And that's the part that's bothering me right now is because the Spurs are still losing – they're still at best the 10th seed. And they're probably, I don't even know, I think they could lose the rest of their games. And I, I, I don't think the Pelicans are going to catch them. So they're the 10th seed. So I would almost be like, hey, let's get Patty Mills his 25 minutes a game and let's get Rudy Gay his 23 minutes a game. And then at you know, eight minutes left, fine. If you want him to finish with DeMar DeRozan, that's cool. I get it. DeMar DeRozan's in a different tier than Patty Mills and Rudy Gay. But those guys yeah. need to be finishing the game, especially now. Otherwise, what have we done this season? And that's the part that yeah. I struggle with. No, I, I'm right there with you to an extent, right? But, yeah, uh, uh, it kind of goes back to that old uh, Denny Green statement, you know, the old uh, coach of the Vikings. They are who we thought they were, right? <laughs> yeah. And the thing about it is they were – I mean, they, they totally played above their heads like the first, what, a month and a half or two months of the sure. season. I think yeah. at, at one point – at one point in late December, maybe early January – they were like a fifth or sixth seed. Mm-hmm. They were playing really well. They were looking really good. I think they just come off beating the Lakers and the Clippers in LA. And I think a lot of us started saying, hey, you know what? This team can really do something. Let's yeah. start looking at the trade deadline. Let's see who we can maybe pick up. Can we pick up maybe a better a big man to where we can kind of be a little bit more versatile, versatile up front? Right. Um, and we started to kind of, kind of, trick ourselves or maybe kid ourselves a little bit to thinking that this, this team was a contender. And I think, I mean, I, I think we could probably all agree the game, whenever we started the rodeo road trip, we started it really well. 
I think it was the second game against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we beat Charlotte. And, and actually at that time, Charlotte was playing pretty well. And after that game is when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. After that game, COVID hit. It all and went down we were off for like, what, two weeks? And it went to, yeah, it, it went, went, went to garbage, went downhill. And we've never been the same since then. But I don't think it was all COVID. I think, yeah, part of it was COVID. Part of it was the rhythm. But again, this is who they are. Right. This is who they are. And they're not going to um, – we, we, we can't expect them to play at that level the whole time because, again, like you were saying, as far as who do we have on this team? We have the youngest team that we've ever really put out in, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah. And then some, some vets that pop. I mean, God love them. Um, yeah, he probably he's is going to go down as the greatest coach of all time. But at least these last two or three years, his Achilles heel is the fact that he just he, – he cannot let go of his vets. Yeah. He, he, he has an over-reliance on them to the point where he just trusts them, right? And you yep. know what? I mean, God bless him. He wants to win games, all right? I yeah. can see that. He wants to win games, but I think he's really just mismanaged as far as deciding, hey, in this situation, I need to play – this person or this, this player, or this player, when, when, when he really should have said, you know what, at this point we have our young guys, we have DeJounte, we have Derek, we have Keldon, we have Lonnie, we have Luca. Do you want to add him in there? We have Trey, we have a, a, a whole team of, of young talented players that need time. They yeah. need experience. They need valuable time. Let's let them grow together, get some time together, get some invaluable time, grow ourselves right. to the draft. And then let's let, let let the chips fall where they may. Let the chips fall where they may. My my concern is the reason that Gay and Mills are um, seeing so many minutes at the end of crunch time is because they're going to be back next year and they're just going to really run Uh-oh. the whole thing back. Except the <laughs> except the the only difference is that they're going to have another like twelfth uh, overall pick or something. We like the group we have, right? We, we like, like the, the group, group we, we have. have. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag we like uh, we have. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to just uh, talk real quick about um, about Lonnie Walker for a second. Yeah. Now, um, Lonnie My Walker. Man. Yeah, Lonnie Walker's your boy, and I understand that. Yeah. But um, I, I guess what I, I don't know, I don't know, Danny, if we've ever had a guy that's been more polarizing than mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker. You, you get he, people either love this guy. I mean, I've heard I've heard him described as everything from elite. Now, Lonnie Walker's 22 years old, so keep that in perspective. But I've heard him called elite. I've heard people say he's going to be an all-star in like three years. I've heard people say um, that he has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Like, so was it, me. <laughs> was that you? Oh, even better. Okay. Yeah, that was now, me. I think, I think the, the hottest it takes was I said that he has the potential to be a top 15 player of all time. So it's not like bro. just an all-star or Hall of Fame player of all time. Of all time. That's me. And and I'm I gonna, claim that one. I love I love that you're gonna just own that too, bro. But I've also heard people go on the other side. I've yeah. heard people say that this guy is. I've I've heard somebody say he's gonna be out of the league in five years. I've heard some people say that he's, um, you know, he, he needs to go back to the G League. Um, he's, you know, he's. I, the point is, is there's a wide range of what Lonnie Walker is. Um, Lonnie Walker is actually having. A very like I, I think Lonnie Walker is having the most important year for anybody in a Spurs uniform this year, and that goes for Demar Derozan, who 
we got to figure out what's going to happen with DeMar DeRozan. That goes for Patty Mills, who's in a contract year. That goes for Devin Vassell, who was the highest draft picks draft pick since Tim Duncan. Um, that goes with DeJounte Murray and Derek White, who had almost their first full season as the backcourt of the future. I still put Lonnie Walker's level of importance for this year at the very at the very top of the Spurs priority list. Um, yeah. He's actually done – He's actually played fairly well. Um, I to say he's had a career year is a little bit, a little bit misleading. Misleading mm. because he's he's only this is his third year as a professional. He played in seventeen yeah. games in his first year, and then this year has been a shortened season. So, career year again in air quotes and an asterisk. But he's he's uh, really thrived, I think, in that six man role. Now I'm yeah. I'm curious to see what happens in the years coming if he stays in that six man role or if he moves back to the um starting unit. I think a lot of that has to depend on what DeMar DeRozan actually does. Yeah. But he, he's shooting 36% from the from the three point line, which is very it's respectable. It's it's not great. I think collectively, in order for him to be in your top 15 of all time, <laughs> we'd like to see that <laughs> migrate up to like a 42-ish, 41, 42-ish yeah. percent. Um, uh, he, he does average at least a turnover a game, um, which yeah. is understandable because in that second unit, he's, he's the primary ball handler, and usually he's with people like Rudy Gay and Drew Eubanks. So I give him a little bit of a pass for that. Um, and he's, he's averaging 1.6 assists. Again, that's a career high, um, a career high. He went, you know, rebounds. He's now two and a half rebounds a game. Uh, here's what I like about Lonnie. Unequivocally, the best athlete on the team. Oh, hands yeah. down. Um, <laughs> maybe of all time that we've ever had in, on, on this. Maybe in the history all. of all yeah, Spurs yeah. players. <laughs> yeah. um, Shout out James White. Maybe he's the, he's the other one, but we'll see. <laughs> my problem with my problem with him is he just doesn't do it every night and we've <sighs> we've seen it from him yeah we've seen him do it and when i say seen him do it what i mean by it is show off his freakish athletic athleticism that nobody in the national basketball association can stop when lonnie yeah. has a full set a full head of steam and he takes off I, there are few athletes in the world that can say this but lonnie's one of them why you should dunk this every single time and this time. this silly yeah. this silly like whoa and you can hear him almost like Pal Gasol you could hear Pal Gasol ah, it's not quite as dramatic but you can hear Lonnie like whoa like do his thing and then he like does like this weird finger roll and I'm like bro dunk the ball man I don't know how else to say it and Sean Elliott's like begging him to do this Danny what's up with your boy man like how do we how do we get him to like I, how do you get Kelvin's mentality in Lonnie's body? That's the well, first off. How well? First off, how dare you? How dare you compare Pal and Lonnie? First off, but let's start there. Just, but you know just what? in yeah. their volume of calling for calls, <laughs> calling for fouls. Um, here's the thing: Lonnie is my favorite player. He has been my favorite player, I think, since he was a rookie. I, yeah. I think I started beating that drum a long time ago to say, "Hey, you know what? Let's skip Austin." Let's bring him out now, give him mm -hmm. some minutes. And I don't want to go down that tangent right now because that'll be another 45-minute podcast yeah. that I know we don't have time for. But here's the thing. Um, you and I have had this discussion, I think, either on Twitter or off Twitter or just talking like this. Yeah, if Lonnie had Keldon's mentality to where Kel – Keldon's fearless. He's a bulldog. He's going to get in there. He's aggressive. He's not afraid of whoever 
I mean, he was he was going at Joel Embiid the other day. Yeah. He was going at him, like right in his chest, chest yeah. to chest, not afraid of him. And that's the thing with Lonnie. Um, you remember that old comparison we had back in the 90s? Because I think this is something that will resonate with a lot of Spurs fans. It was always, hey, David Robinson, great talent, freakishly athletic. You know what? Maybe he's, he, he might be the other, the other most athletic person uh, yeah, the, the Spurs have ever had. But remember, so it was always he could never just lead a team. He could never lead a team yeah. past the first or second round of the playoffs. He did that one year when we went to the Western Conference Finals against the Rockets. Um, I was at that public game. public perception. Oh, I know. The public perception, right, was always, hey, he got his ass handed him to that, that series. Um, I think people always, often forget the game three and four he had up in Houston. Yeah. But here's the thing. There, there, there was always that sentiment, and I think it was, it was spoken in San Antonio and also uh, uh, nationwide. If David could play like Charles, if, if mm-hmm. David thought and had that mindset of Charles Barkley, David would be the best player in the league. Yeah. Same thing with Lonnie. If Lonnie had that mindset of Kelvin and was aggressive, yeah. was fearless, went to the basket, and you're right, right? No one can stay in front of him. The yeah. guy is freakishly athletic. He can jump out of the gym. He can turn any corner. And the thing about it was we saw, we saw everything Lonnie could do in both those two games, again, against Celtics and Sixers. Against Celtics, he really had his jumper going, right, his mid-range mm-hmm. going. He was driving to the basket, slashing. He was, he, he really um, led us against the Sixers. I and mean, I know, yeah, yeah I mean, kind of, I, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. The Sixers kind of looked like a team like that knew, hey, their three best players aren't playing. We're, yeah. we're kind of a night off. And it wasn't until the last two minutes of, of overtime they kind of kicked it in. But whenever Ben Simmons took over guarding yeah. Lonnie, all right, Lonnie just kind of. He pulled back. Became a wallflower. He yeah. became a wallflower. And he didn't – he wasn't as aggressive. And you know what? Kudos to Ben. I mean, yeah. I know he, he, he probably he, – he may very well win Defensive Player of the Year. And that's a good learning lesson for Lonnie, all right? Yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from Ben Simmons. I think it's a good lesson for Lonnie. And, like, and like, hey, yeah, he was able to do a lot of things throughout the whole game. But whenever it came to nut crunch time, he wasn't yeah. able to execute. And I yeah. think that if he just has that mindset of, hey – Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, whoever they throw at me, I'm going to go at them. Yeah. And I have the skills to go at them. And physically, yeah. I can do this. And I have the green light. And once he kind of switches something mentally, I think he's going to be fine. And that's yeah. where I think – that's why I say, like, hey, I believe he's still going to be great. And I think he has the, cap- the, the ability to be our best player, to lead us to where we want to get led again, all right, whether we have – um, our current best player on the roster now or the future draft pick or something. Sure. But um, I think he has that ability. And well, whether he ends up doing that for us or another team, uh, he will. So I'm probably on the um, more negative side of Lonnie. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't deny his talent or his athletic yeah. ability and even his basketball skill set. But the mental thing the is, mental. Is, is, a, is a huge deal for me. And, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. Like, you like the violent take it by force as a biblical principle, but whatever. I mean, go at people. And mm-hmm. if, when you make up your mind, like, I, I don't care who you put in front of me. And I've heard people say this last few days. It's like, well, he was, you know, Ben Simmons was guarding him. Ben Simmons is probably the defensive player of the year. And I'm like, yeah. I totally get that. I, I do. Ben Simmons is a six foot 10. Like he, he's, he's a, he's an anomaly. 
Like the guy yeah. is just out of control, talented, and he is he's a born and bred like defender. So, but to see Lonnie dominate for basically three and a half quarters, mm-hmm. and then to go from domination like there were times where in that Sixers game where I'm like he's the best player on the court like he is the best player yeah. he's better than Joel Embiid tonight he looked good he looked good and, and then to just have it disappear like that can't happen that cannot happen and it 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 happens at 22 and I want it to mm-hmm. happen because I hope I hope that it kept him up at night I hope that it bothered him I hope it bothered him against the Utah Jazz I hope it bothers him in three months from now because that was an opportunity where DeMar's not on the court. You know, the only other person who was going to take the last shot or was going to close the game was Rudy freaking Gay and Patty Mills. Like, that was your <laughs> moment, dude. Like, that was your moment. And it was, it was your moment on the grand stage because, you know, as soon as they put Benny, Ben Simmons on him, Lonnie passed the ball out. And next thing yeah. you know, Keldon Johnson's going like a, like a bat out of hell at Joel mm-hmm. Embiid, he's pushing one on two up against you. And that's what stood out. And what we saw was Keldon going to the teeth of the Philadelphia 76ers yeah. defense and Lonnie basically disappearing. And I hated that narrative for him. I hated that that yeah. was such an amazing game of domination. And that's what was, that's what stood out to us is like, and it, I, I said something, it's like, it's like the freshman who plays on JV and dominates JV. And everybody's like, we got to move this kid up to yeah. varsity. And then you move him I up to that, varsity. Yeah. And then some seniors like, all right, I got him. And then now you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he's a freshman. Yeah. He's 22. He's got time to learn. I understand that. But I, that was, that was probably the biggest moment of the year for Lonnie. And yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I, I think he kind of failed at it. And I hope he gets more opportunities because we need him to succeed in those moments. And the sooner that he can succeed in those moments, moments, the, the better the Spurs will be in this. Um, Denny, let's get some closing thoughts here. We've got just a few minutes left, but um, let's take a quick look at the Spurs schedule here to end the year. I, I'm very concerned yeah. because they, their last win that they had was against the Wizards in overtime uh, on April the 26th. Um, they <laughs> lost against the Heat. They lost in overtime against the Celtics. Lost in overtime against the 76ers. They lost against the Jazz yesterday. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday night. So they lost against the Jazz, which is understandable. These are, this is a brutal schedule. They got the Jazz again um, on Wednesday night. Uh, again, the Jazz were without Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell and Mike Conley, and they won going away. Yeah. Um, on Friday night, they have probably their I – guess, I guess they got a Friday, Saturday – against the Kings yeah. and Trailblazers, be nice to at least get those two because then, yeah, they get, it would be. then they end the season on the Bucks, the Nets, the Knicks, the red-hot New York Knicks, uh, and then – Oh, the, please, gag me with a spoon with that one. <laughs> and, then they got the, and then they got the, the back-to-back with the Suns uh, and the Suns. So yeah, probably going to get the 10th seed no matter what, but – what are you hoping for to end the season in these last two, four, six, eight games remaining? Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule like you are, um, and I think I read uh, Tony Jones or one of the Jazz reporters said that mm-hmm. Mitchell and Connolly are going to be out again tomorrow. So, I mean, again, they have a golden opportunity to steal to steal a game on the road against the first or second best team in the West right now. And um, whether they do it or not, you know what? They probably won't. I mean, and I, I'm, I'm not wanting to be negative. I don't want to be negative. Well, let's call a spade a spade. On, yeah. Based on the last 
four or five games, they've not played well. And I think we all kind of looked at that May schedule wrapping up and we knew it was going to be a murderer's row and we probably wouldn't get very many wins at all. So looking at the schedule right now, I don't think we're going to win tomorrow. All right. Even though we probably should, uh, considering we'd have that they have uh, Mitchell and Connolly out, but they still have Gobert and a host of other really good solid role player role players. I can't stand Joe Ingold, by the way. I, I think I mentioned that last night. I love, I love I mean, Joe. He was he and he and Ding were going at it. I thought I thought Ding yeah. was going to take a swing, but yeah, I think the most winnable game we have coming up is against Sacramento. But you know what? We've always we've always played so so weird in that in that in that uh, in that arena for the last yeah. couple of years. I think that uh, oh, it's, it's named after a mattress. I don't remember what it's named now. Sleep uh, train. There we go. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. There we go. So that's the most winnable game, right? Then we have a back-to-back in Portland. Uh, probably not going to win that one because I know Portland's fighting for their lives. They want to keep that 6-7 seed and, and stay out of the plan. So I don't see them winning that one. I'm actually going to be at that game against Milwaukee. You're going to see the Greek freak in person. So that'll be cool. Um, I think that – I didn't happen to see. Did they beat the Nets earlier tonight? Uh, I didn't, Did I didn't even them? see okay. that. Let, let, yeah, talking. Uh, I know – it was a close game, but um, I guess a lot of it depends also on hey, yeah, the I mean, Bucks are, won. Any of these teams, yeah, okay, the Bucks won, so that's good. So maybe maybe at that point, I know they're still jockeying position for position also because them and the Nets are still going at it for one and two in the East. Um, so if they have their, their 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 full roster playing, I don't see them winning that game either, even though it's yeah. back in the 18th center. Which I mean, let's face it, I'd rather just play on the road the rest of the season. I don't <laughs> want to ever play at home again for the rest of the season because we just don't play well there for whatever reason no joke. and then at brooklyn at new york Knicks, where that that's going to be an zero and two right uh sure. over there in the east coast and then we wrap it up with a back-to-back back home against phoenix i think we so take one, one seed of those sends games. i do yeah. too. i think we take one of those games i do too so right now i'm thinking we win two games out of the next what two four six seven so we're going to go two and seven to wrap up the last nine games nice. um that's my projection. So even if that happens, yeah, I think that we're pretty solid on that 10 seed. So we're going to do a play in game and it's either going to be in golden state or in Memphis, probably yeah. right. One of those two. And I don't like our chances at either. Honestly, I really don't. <laughs> well, it's, it's going to, yeah. Um, I, I'm still hoping, holding out hope that the Lakers fall and actually the, and then can you imagine a scenario where maybe the Spurs get lucky and they win their first game against the yeah. more than likely Grizzlies and then uh, they get to play the Lakers in L.A.? Guess who's going to that game? Yeah, that buddy. That would be sweet. We could have a – yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, the, a live the Pelicans, from L.A., right? Yeah, there you go. The Pelicans have – let's see what the Pelicans' schedule is because they're the ones that are two games behind the Spurs right now. Yeah, I think they're two and a half or three games back. I think they lost tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they are um, – the Pelicans are two games back of the Spurs, and okay. they, uh, they did lose to the Warriors. They have the 76ers, the Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, mm-hmm. the Warriors again, and then the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Lakers. So not as difficult as the Spurs, but it still has uh, – they still have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to catch up. So I do think that if the Spurs can win two, the two that you mentioned, and then maybe if they sneak another one, I think the Trailblazers would be the best bet because I do think they're going to get yeah. one against Phoenix at mm-hmm. home. And I do think they could win against the Kings. So if they can sneak that Trailblazers, I think they'd be very comfortably in at the 10 seed. But then again, it's just 
it's just kicks and giggles at that point. I think the last thing I'm holding out for here is close the game with the young guys. Yes, please. Yeah, close the game. That's that's going to be the title of this podcast here. Close the game <laughs> with the young guys. Um, yeah. But uh, let's let's keep our fingers crossed and and hope uh, that as these looks like we've got probably like nine games left of this of this mm-hmm. season, and then we can all go take a long nap and then get into the off season, which. Most important offseason. Important offseason. Absolutely. Big off Very season. important offseason. We got way too much money to spend. That money's burning a 52 hole. 52 million. 52 million in cap space right now. I don't know how we're going to spend that. That's I mean, awful. I, I'm, I'm very curious. I would love to be a fly on the wall in the war room of uh, GM uh, Brian and, and RC. And I mean, we know who's really pulling the strings. We know the pops, really the marionette out there. So. He's really going to be the final say. So they're going to give, they're going to give Rudy Gave they're going to give Rudy Gave fifteen million dollars a year. Just watch. <laughs> they're going to pull Pow out of retirement. Ugh, that's yeah. painful. Danny, thanks for joining me, man. It's good chatting with you about these uh, San Antonio Spurs, bud. As always. And thank you everybody for listening. It's uh, it's been a treat here. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter at Casa de Spurs. You can download this uh, I this uh, podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, Android devices and YouTube and pretty much anywhere that there's a podcast, we, we have it there. So please, it would be really groovy if you would uh, comment and subscribe or leave a comment and rate us. Sorry, comment and subscribe. Jeez, YouTube generation. Um, <laughs> if you would leave a comment and, um, and give us a rating in our iTunes. But um, thanks for listening. You can follow me at The Hailstone on Twitter. And Danny is Danny underscore Sanders 80. Is that correct? Did I say that right? At Danny Sanders 80. Yeah. At, At Danny, Danny Sanders, Sanders 80. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, don't forget our, our good old co-host in, uh, in Germany, Mr. Trace, Dena underscore dog. Always keep an eye out for him. That Thanks for awesome. listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, no matter what, no matter how dark the days are, go Spurs go. Go Spurs go.